Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Two Narrows Podcast. I'm your host, James Enno, joined by my co-host. Hi, everyone. Timmy Tim. Long. Uh, Rowan, as always, is on the decks. Hi, Rowan. Hi, um, This is our first podcast being recorded in five weeks. We took the month of April off, yeah. which was badly, which was well overdue. Mm, um, but you wouldn't have known because we didn't take them off, really. We just worked double in March, so mm. we could take April off, you know. So um, I hope you appreciated the last few podcasts. Mm. This week we have a lovely lady from Cork called Chloe Sheehan. They talk about her experiences of alopecia. But before we get into that, do you want to just tell people who you are and where you're from and what it was like growing up for you? So my name is Chloe Sheehan. I'm from Dunamore. My dad's from Dunamore originally. My mum is from the city. I grew up in Douglas and I went to school in Our Lady of Lourdes in Ballinlock and I went to St. Angela's Secondary School and then on to Hewitt. What's Hewitt? Hewitt is a, a private school for leaving cert. I was mad to be a pharmacist, actually. Mm. Um, and although I would have studied hard and I would have worked hard, I, I needed the extra push. And mm. I was lucky I was in a position that my parents could send me to a private school. Yeah. So, of course, when I got there, then my whole... Uh, I, I did a bit of... Um, I did a bit of research into pharmacy and I looked more into it. I did a bit of work experience. I realized it wasn't for me at all. Mm-hmm. I went down to the local pharmacy and uh, the woman said, oh yeah, you know, come in here. And she was showing me everything. I was there for a few days and I realized they're stuck behind the counter and I wanted to be out with the girls out in the counter. So I was like, oh, this isn't for me at all. And my mom was like, oh, all right, okay. <laughs> we just sent her to private school for pharmacy. But um, no, it was a great opportunity. I really got to look into different career paths and I actually ended up having lots of different options. Where is that school? It's up on Patrick's Hill. It's actually right next to St. Angela's really oh, where that? I had gone yeah. to school. So um yeah it's up I loved going to school in the city actually. Yeah. I loved you know secondary the, school. Do you know the boys school up in Patrick's Hill? Christians. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I was in the man we yeah. used to go on we used to, after school you know when <laughs> we used to go on the hopping things. You know, yeah. the Vic, remember the Vic years yeah. ago? Um but that's where all young people used to congregate in the Vic, right? And we used to be skinny, scrawny fellas, no, from Grand, Knocknaheeny, Churchfield and that. And we'd be in boys on the table next to us from Christians. They were all a bit like Timmy, they were about 13. Yeah. Yeah. How the fuck did they be so big? Yeah. But they were like men in uniforms, weren't they? Men in blazers, they were all big. <laughs> yeah, they're all rugby players. Yeah, yeah, rugby of, yeah that's, that's what yeah. I was just going to say. A lot of them are actually rugby players. Yeah. A lot of, like if you look at the Munster teams and the Irish teams, a lot of those players... Yeah. Like come through schools like that, you know. Yeah. You'd rarely see a fella coming from I don't know. From I don't know, is it you not know, people in 
regular schools, they have children, but in yeah. them rugby schools, they breed yeah. rugby players. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They're yeah, bred yeah, like. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, we digress. Yes. So you went to school in Patrick's Hill. Yeah. And then from there, so I loved that anyway. And then from there, I went on to do dental nursing in UCC. Um, I chose that in the end. I had an option between that or paediatric nursing in the UK. But you know what? I was I was young. I'd only just turned eighteen, and I was I was very close to my dad. And my cousin was young at the time, and I just I just couldn't leave. My mom was saying, "Go, oh, it's a great opportunity," you know, and she'd be positive that way. But I just couldn't leave. Mm. So I stuck at the dental nursing, and it was something I wanted to do for years. So I had braces, and I loved the girls that were coming in and out, and I was like, "I'd love to do that." But um, so I did that in UCC, and I absolutely loved it. And I worked for a dental nurse. For years, and then my hair started to fall out about three or four years ago, and I just had to make a whole life change just to see if there was something that I could, you know, help. And you know, it's 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 long hours. You know, it's a very very stressful job, and you know, it's a very interesting job, and I loved it. But it, it is high stress, and I just had to I had to make some life changes. So I did. That was one of the things, and it was a big big leap because I did love it. So mm. it was going to go one way or another. Was your Do you think the alopecia was related to the stress of your life at the time? Um, I did at the time. I I wasn't stressed, but I had to make sure that you know this wasn't causing it. But looking back now. The reason I believe for my alopecia, even though no doctor will ever condone this or I've never gotten an answer from anyone because it is not immune disease, it is spontaneous. But I was going through a lot of medical tests. I went for a smear and then this, you know, plateau then from there. And I went for a lot of medical tests quite close to each other. And um, I put it down to not being stressed over them. I was quite calm about it. But I think my body was under a lot of stress over the whole thing. Um, and, you know, my mom would say to me, are you all right? You know, you have that again now next week. And I'd say, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And she kind of pointed out to me, well, you couldn't be fine, you know, maybe just kind of like take it in a bit. So that's just because of the time frames. That's what I put it down to. But again, it's an autoimmune disease. It's just something that we just can't really put a finger on, basically. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it does, and I, I keep on banging on about this book, but there's a book you might enjoy, and actually, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. Okay. He's leading trauma expert, but he, The Body Keeps the Score is about how stress on the body impacts our health in, in terms of chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Now, there's certain stuff there, mm-hmm. like, um, he, there's a first link between people who've been in incestuous relationships as children, mm-hmm. linked to that with lupus. Later on in life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's all sorts, there's, you know, um, neglect linked with addiction and various kind of, uh, types of abuse and neglect that are not just that, but traumas, mm-hmm. uh, psychological traumas. But I'd say your body was under a lot of stress there. Yeah. And maybe you don't, you weren't aware of it, but like yeah. the whole point of this book is like you can, you can undergo all this stress and not be aware of it, but your body keeps the score. You know what I mean? Yes, your, like yeah. you mightn't be having it in your psyche, but your body sure yeah. as hell knows what's going on. Yeah. And your body remembers all that trauma. And then an autoimmune is like an overreaction, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's an overactive yeah. immune system. Mm-hmm. 
So do you want to? You said no. What I'm thinking, you know, what I'm trying to explain. Was, you actually, actually exactly said it really well. Very, very good yeah. explanation, and uh, and that book he's <laughs> on about is a uh, is a very, very, yeah, very good book. Good it's it not an easy book. It's not an easy book to read. Mm-hmm. So I got it on Audible, and I just ran oh, to the car, sure. and it's handier mm-hmm. that way, you know. Yeah. But you know, when it started to happen first, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I had lovely long blonde hair. You know, I was getting my highlights similar to this color. Yeah, I was a bit darker, wasn't as blonde, um, but I was getting my highlights done. My best friend, Nicole, does my hair, did my hair, and she was highlighting away, and she said, Chloe, there's a little patch at the back, don't panic. She said, it's really dry, you know, um, I thought it might just be a bit of eczema or something, and I kind of didn't panic. I felt it, and I said, oh yeah, it was about the size of a five cent coin at the nape of my neck. I said, don't worry, yeah, okay. I was like, yeah. Now, looking back, she says that she knew what it was. But, you know, of course, if she said, I think you've alopecia, sure, I would have flipped. Yeah. Um. So I went away anyway, and that was grand. And I looked at it then that night, and I started taking pictures of it. It's the worst thing you can do. And then I started obsessing over it. So because I was dental nursing, my hair was tied up all the time. And... The obsessive thoughts started happening. Then I was saying, who saw it? You know, how many patients was I bringing down the hall and saw the back of my neck and saw this? And I thought this little patch was mm-hmm. the end of the world. I was like, oh, I'll never be able to tie my hair up again. Like if I'd known. <laughs> so I went to the doctor anyway and she gave me a steroid mousse. And she said, look, um, just put that on it, you know, to wake up the follicles. It could just be, you know, a little reaction to something. But I'll refer you to a dermatologist. So with alopecia, there are so many different types of alopecia. And we could do a whole podcast on that. But it has to be a dermatologist to diagnose it. So I, I'm very lucky. I have private mm. health insurance. Trying to see a dermatologist in Cork, I don't know about the rest of Ireland, is really, really difficult privately. So... I was this girl in a panic. My hair was getting so much worse. And all I rang all the dermatologists in Cork. You have to have a referral and I could get one. There is months waiting lists. You'd be waiting three months, six months, 12 months. And like, and as a paying private health insurance, mm. like the appointments are 180 euros for a mm. consult. You know, it wasn't as if I was on a public list. So I was in a bit of a panic and I kept ringing and ringing and my dermatologist said she'd see me. So she said, yeah, come in in the morning. So I waited about, I think I, in the end, I only waited about a month and a half, but it had gotten a lot worse. Now I could still hide it. It was still all sort of in the back and it was still all kind of manageable, but it was sort of getting on top of me. And I went to her and she diagnosed it straight away. So then it became sort of a spiral where I started to, panic and I was saying oh god and so everything happened from there really fast I was continuing to use the steroids and the hair lost rapid like did it happen really at this quickly? point it was it was it was fast mm. and then that was February 2017 and then in maybe July and August my hair started to grow back so I mean there's like one in four women will go through some type of hair loss at some point in their life so I was really open and positive to the fact that this happened to me mm. and now it's, you know, fine and it's going to be fixed. So I had all these lovely new baby hairs and they were, it was lovely and healthy. And then 
that was fine then, September, October, November. Then at the end of November, my hair was wet. I was coming out of the shower and noticed a big, huge patch above my ear. Started looking, because I had stopped looking at my hair just to leave it alone. Started looking and I realized I had lost probably about 15% of my hair just in that one shower. So that was fine. Then I'd say three weeks. So the whole time I had alopecia the first time around and it had grown back, I never wore a wig. I was able to hide it and it was fine. It was very thin and it probably didn't look great, but nobody knew, nobody saw any patches. The second time it fell out, it fell out the 25th of November. I spotted it and I'd say the second week in December, I couldn't leave the house. I, I'd lost about 85% of it got so bad. So... What was your mental state like this time? This is what I'm getting on to now. I, I didn't leave the house. There, My mental state was... God, it was it was the biggest mm. mental health challenge I ever had. And I think I will ever have. Um, it was just, you know, it, it was even more painful than the first time. Because this time I couldn't leave the house. I couldn't hide it. Mm. It, it was happening to me again. You know, I, I had gone through all those demons. And I had faced it and I had overcome it and my hair grew back and it was knocking me back again only a couple of months later um I I just I couldn't I couldn't leave the house I couldn't look in the mirror because I couldn't recognize myself I couldn't sleep I was I was having these terrible night terrors that I would lose all my hair even though I was anyway but that I'd wake up and be completely shiny bald that's all that I was dreaming of that's who I was picturing in my dreams um and it was just really, really bad. I saw the doctor, you know, and they, they said, you know, try and relax, you know. And then, of course, everyone says to you, don't stress. So I was up to 90. I was a young girl in my early 20s. You know, I, oh God, I was, I was an awful way. But I, I was, I was very depressed. Of course no, I was. Course I, I was in a, yeah. such a bad way. I wouldn't get out of bed. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't even go to yeah. the shop. I felt so stuck in the house. And then... I suppose I had this battle where, you know, the people around me were so supportive, my boyfriend, my parents, and you really want to get on with it for them, but I couldn't even get that far. Mm -hmm. You know, the first time around I was getting on with it for them and I was worrying about them. This was just, I was so bad and I was so deep in it that I was just in this... this Caught up in it. Yeah, I was numb. I was just... Did you, was, did you know anybody else that had that condition? No one. See, it's a very isolating no condition one. then as well. Because like, yeah. nobody can relate. It's on the screen for them to yeah. say, oh, look, sure, you're grand and uh, we'll we help yeah. you. Yeah. But it's just, you're on your own as well. Yeah. Like, That's I why I started an Instagram page is because I wanted a girl, you know, who had... I, I knew no one. And even all the doctors I went to, like, they talked to me and I look back at them and I'd say... But this fella doesn't have a clue what, mm. do you know what I mean? How I feel, you know, that's just yeah. kind of, you know, how I was. But I suppose after time, I met people with alopecia and that, that then opened everything for me. But my mental health. I was not really thinking about there now when you said you met people with alopecia. I was thinking of A, alopecia anonymous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good one, yeah. Good idea. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you said alopecia, the, the, the various forms of alopecia or types of alopecia, you could do a podcast alone. But can you give us an overview of what the different types are and what your one yeah. is? Yeah, so I have alopecia areata. So I have some hair. I lost um, eyelashes before I lost eyebrows. I have 
most of my eyebrows. I have my eyelashes. I unfortunately have my body hair because I pay a fortune to get my laser done for my body hair. And then I know hair on my head. I'd rather it the other way around. But anyway, um, but so I, I, my alopecia areata is a bit bitty, but even that splits into different types. Um, there's alopecia totalis, complete hair loss, alopecia universalis. There's um, traction alopecia. If somebody, um, a lot of coloured women would have it from weaving their hair. Um, it's traction, it's pulling. Or if girls wear, you know, loads of extension for years, it, it'll keep pulling out the hair and eventually the hair won't grow back there. So alopecia is not always autoimmune. Exactly. Yeah, there's... Um, there's another type of hair loss, telogen effluvium, which is stress-related, which can be quite traumatic because someone's going through a stressful situation anyway. But telogen effluvium normally is just where the follicle goes to sleep and comes back, you know, mm. so that's that's not too bad. Um, yeah, there's loads of different... There's, um, there is a name on it. We don't know the name. There's alopecia of just the beard area. That'd be handy, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want you. that one. Yeah. I want that one. Just go for your head to that. <laughs> I've often heard of people's hair colour just going a different overnight. I'm mm. just. I know somebody that had a, had alopecia and yeah. it grew it grew back grey. Yeah, there were there were young yeah. men like. So it can like it's very common for it to grow back either really dark, really grey, mm. or really curly. So mm. it's funny, you know. Mine grew back. The hair that I do have because I have about. I have about, I went from having about 15% of my hair to I now have about 40, 45% of my hair and it grew back jet black. I was always brown, but it's really, really dark. Mm. So I was lucky I didn't get a full head of grey hair, I suppose. I There's yeah. a positive. I know. It's like I was saying to you off camera, my brother Keith. Yeah. I probably don't mind me saying actually. No. But uh, he hardly hides it. Like he valapisha, I think he was about 15 mm. to me. Yeah. Um, Jeez. He's, yeah. he's Timmy's age, like they would have been in the same class as. He definitely like. kill us anyway for talking about this. Thing. <laughs> but uh, do you know we, when we were growing up, we really didn't understand what was going on yeah. for Keith. You know, and Keith was probably struggling himself. He was losing his hair, and you can you can understand how it is like. But like when you're a child, like yeah. you're trying to figure out what kind of nickname to give him, and I know. all this different stuff, you know. But it's it's not that you really sit back and you yeah. you, you think about how someone's feeling. When, do you know you can really uh, but he, I remember he was boxing in the yeah. All-Ireland final then I think he was about 15 and because uh, his hair was patches do you know yeah. yeah. so when he was boxing in the All-Irelands then all his friends had shaved their underside of their heads do you know what I mean so they all had the same hair <laughs> yes. but something Dublin yeah. Yeah. which was good Like, but I couldn't imagine him with, yeah. like he, it goes back in patches that he shaves he's he looks completely bald but there is patches which you wouldn't need to grow because yeah. it's not aesthetic it's not you wouldn't yeah. like mm. is yours patches like that too no mine is actually all I used to say to people I have like a Conor McGregor when he had the bun so I've like all <laughs> hair on top here but I've nothing will say behind my ears or anything at the back so I'm it's like Bit of an undercut, really. How long will it grow? Does it grow to a certain degree? Oh, no, it'll it, grow. It'll I grow. cut it. I oh. actually cut my bio hair. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. it's, it's... What you call it? My bio hair. Bio hair. Yeah. That's a new word. Yeah, I never heard that. My <laughs> natural hair. Do you know I have so many different hairs I know, now. Yeah. I have to differentiate. You know what's very common these days as well is people going bald men. Yeah. They're going off, say, for instance, and getting... Implants and stuff Hair like that. Plants, yeah. yeah. It, it's not something you can get. No, I'm very naive when it comes to this topic. It's not something you could do, can do 
with with alopecia or anything like that is no, but it's good to ask these questions yeah, because people yeah. you know have yeah. these questions it's not it's something i've looked into yeah. but it's not because at the end of the day they still need a follicle as a home oh, okay so my follicles are alive and they're active but for some reason they're cutting off the hair so if you put even a foreign hair or any hair into it it's going to cut it off just like it does my own mm. but yeah the bald men that's that's a big thing yeah it does um, transplants did and I, I've seen them being botched as well fellas yeah. you know people going to Turkey getting hair transplants and the head getting infected and everything yeah. really yeah. yeah do you know when your hair was falling out did you have all these mad notions of how you were going to counteract it or did, did you accept it Oh God, no! I didn't accept it at all. Like, were you looking at medications, alternative remedies, and what oh, they were doing? Oh my God, I had to have a list every day. Mm. I if I stopped trying to research it and trying to find a cure or find something that was going to help, then I'd say I would have went off my game. That it was only when I started looking into that stuff that that kept me going. Um, mm. I going back to the December that I wouldn't leave the house. I went and I actually went up to Dublin and I got a wig in the January, which gave me another very difficult month, I think. So I kind of went up thinking that I'd get it and it would be temporary and, you know, I'd look normal. And next thing I came home and I had this wig on and I thought I looked ridiculous. You know, I had this big, thick head of hair. I had thin hair from it falling out for the last year and then I had this big, huge, thick head of hair. And it gave me a bit of an identity crisis. So I was starting a whole other struggle here where I'd look in the mirror and I'd have no wig on and I'd say, I couldn't recognize myself. And then I'd put on the wig and I'd put on makeup and I'd say, right, I'll be fine now. Couldn't recognize her either. I was like, sure, that's not me either. Yeah. Neither looked like me. And it was just this really strange limbo I lived in for about a month. But after that, things got better and it is my fault I didn't go for a week sooner. I needed a week much earlier than that. Yeah. And it would have helped me. And I do say that to people who are struggling and losing their hair. Don't don't wait until you're locked in the house then and you can't go anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's too late. You know, you're going to start a whole other battle then with it. I found I could have went sooner. That was one really big mistake I made. I should have went and got one sooner. And then the, the whole struggle I was in, it would have tied in. Whereas I had just become to the phase where I was coming out of what I was going through. And then I went and got a wig and then I went through all this. Yeah. And, you know, it, I I mm -hmm. did make it worse for myself, I think. So that is one thing I always say to people, you know, don't, don't leave it too long and make sure yeah. you kind of go. That's a wig, obviously. Yeah, that's a wig. Do you have to take it off and stuff going to bed and shower and things like that? Yeah, yeah, you is do. It, hard, uh, it, it, look, like, it doesn't look like a wig. It looks like... Yeah, you have to take them off to do it. Like, to be honest, when I go in the door home, I take mine off. Mm. You, and it's terrible because if you call to my house, it could be, if I'm not running upstairs, I'm running into the kitchen or something, it could be hanging on the end of the banister. Mm. So like off in the postman, or someone would call and I'd be like, whoa, you know, the wig is hanging off the banister behind yeah. me. But <laughs> I... No, no, that reminds me of... Years ago, no, I was in Cork Prison when I was a young fella. And I was in with uh, Jason from Al Cullen. I want to see his second name. He'd not heat, he'd fall his teeth. Yeah. And you know, at 7 o'clock, you have to go to your last time out with a cup of tea and brush your teeth, whatever. So next we were watching the teddy. Here's the officer at the door. Jason, you left your teeth down in the toilet on the sink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, uh, you're just leaving yeah. your wings, you know, and forgetting yeah. about it. And yeah. that's all. And you, are you confident these days? Um, I, oh, I am now. I am now, yeah. I'm, I'm 100%. So you have no problem like, wearing... Uh, no. Without the wig? Like being oh, in, in going pump, out without yeah. the wig? Yeah. You wouldn't do that, though, would you? I do do it. Oh, dear. Um... Am I? I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with that mm. at all, at all. Um, mm. Just because I wear a sort of a bandana going around my head mm. to hide the patches, because it looks fine. But if the wind blows, yeah. you're gonna, you know, and someone's gonna go, whoa. Um, so I'm not a hundred percent. And the only reason is because I wear a sort of a bandana, and that then causes a whole uncomfortable thing because I'm yeah. constantly fixing it. It's constantly slipping. Yeah. So sometimes it's just easier to put on the wig. Mm. Like, I look fine head on mm. with no wig. It looks absolutely fine. But when I start to turn, all the ball patches are are I've noticeable. S- I've you know? seen your pictures. I've seen yeah. and I touch. You looked fabulous, you know. Um, and even a friend, your friend that, yeah. that told us about yourself... She said you, you you looked absolutely beautiful, like you know, and and we looked at the the, yeah. the, the photographs and, and and you looked perfect, yeah. you know. And it was like remember years ago. I don't my my wife was um she was into this girl and she read her book. Her name was Jade Goody. She yes. died of oh, cancer yeah. yes. and she Big went completely. Brother, she was in Manna. Yeah. yeah, she went completely bald as well. Yeah. And I thought she looked absolutely. I was like, just going to say completely it. natural. I thought it was. It yeah. was. She was actually beautiful, bald. Yeah, yeah. I watched yeah. that documentary. I would yeah. have been quite young, but I yeah. remember watching that documentary. That was very sad. So sad. Yeah. She was actually beautiful. Bald. She was. She had such beautiful yeah. facial features. She was yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. But I, I was only talking to my friend's mum recently, and uh, I was with her, and she was saying, "You know, take off the wig there." And I have no problem taking it off. Sure, I take it off on social media all the time, and she was like, "There you are." There's the Chloe I know. Do you know, it's funny how people associate me because yeah. I suppose my hair is dark. It's it's so different, you know, the contrast. I kept with the blonde in the wigs because I was blonde. I chose to be blonde before, you know, my hair yeah. fell out. And it's just kind of a little... Isn't, is it, uh, are wigs expensive? Are they expensive to maintain? Is it cost effective for you to have alopecia? Absolutely not. I'd be better off if I was getting my highlights done every four weeks. Really? It's so expensive. Yeah. And this is what, well, it is in Ireland, um, but this is what worries me about young girls going to get wigs and stuff is they are so expensive. Like you're talking um, a wig in Ireland could be anywhere between a human hair wig. So this is human hair. Um, not to freak you out. <laughs> what do people, there's, is there like hair bangs? Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's two types. You've synthetic and you've human hair. So the synthetic are made of a type of reinforced fiber plastic. So they kind of look like what yeah. they are, you know. Yeah. Um, or then you get human hair, which looks nice and dry and has split ends and, you know, the stuff you want. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of the hair comes from India Spain, um, Russian, Brazilian. They're kind of the main ones. Um, I don't know how they get the hair, whose mm-hmm. hair. I've never looked into it. Don't and that's not yeah. like me, but I just don't want to know. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really expensive here in Ireland. So like you're talking about 1,000 to 3,000 euros for a human hair wig. And what I didn't realize when I first bought one was they don't last forever. Yeah. That's the problem. I thought you get one wig, you spend a fortune on it and that's it. But like, if you wear your wig every single day, all day, like, 
and you maintained it really well, you'd be very lucky if you got six to nine months out of it. Really? If you're wearing it constantly, that's a very short space of time. a hundred euros a month, really, isn't it? I wonder, is there, um, for people to have health insurance? So there are different things. Mm, So you can, if you have health insurance, they won't cover it unless you've cancer, which is an issue in itself. a bit of a bummer, Mm. yeah. Yeah. So, like, I've health insurance all my life. My parents have always paid for very expensive health insurance for me. Never had to claim anything. Touch wood. Thank you, yeah. yeah. And Except for when you anything. need it, then you're yeah. uncovered. What, and I, what, what the one time I needed it then... What about medical card? Medical card, you can get a grant depending on where you live. I'm going to say the approximate grant is in and around 500 euros. That's not really mm. going to get you Probably anywhere. It takes about two years then to get it. Yeah, you know, um, and then you have to wait before you're entitled to, yeah. you know, get another one. Um, you can claim back 20% if you're paying tax on yeah. your health expenses, which is something. And um, But like I get all my wigs really from the UK where they're mm. so much cheaper. But it's it's just... It's awful. Like, so I can get a wig, a human hair wig that's custom made to me, custom fit to my head in the UK for about five or six hundred pounds. Um, I can pick the color of every strand. I can really customize it. Whereas if you walk in somewhere here, you only have what's there. If you're lucky, some places will only give you a magazine that you have to pick it out of. And I mean, even if you have the medical care grant, you're still looking at probably 1,500 euros, 1,000 euros. It's really euros. expensive, isn't yeah. it? It's so oh, it's expensive. Like, how do you maintain it then? Like, can you, can I start, you know, find something oh, stupid, no, like, but do you wash it with shampoo or do you wash it hand wash it? Can you put yeah. goggles in it and scrunchies yeah. and all these things? You're definitely, you're just having a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, these are the questions people are going to be thinking of. Like. And it's the questions I get all the time. Um... Yeah, they're they're a pain to maintain, really, to be honest. Um, you have to be really, really careful with them because the biggest thing about wigs is that they shed. They actually end up balding. And that's why you can't wear them because all that's left then is a net. Mm. Um, so, like, washing them and you'd normally scrub your own hair, whereas I have to, like, pet it yeah. and then I have to leave it, you know, in conditioner and then I put it in a plastic bag and I leave it there for half an hour to try and condition it and... It's very, te- like, I, I sort of became a hairdresser overnight. I had to learn yeah. about all different types of shampoos and products. And, like, I would have always went into the supermarket and picked up whatever to shampoo my hair with. Now I have to get all the top of the range, yeah, expensive shampoo. Oh, like, do you know <laughs> what I mean? It's it's very ironic that way. Yeah. But um, they're hard to maintain. Now, there's, there's I found, actually, and I, this, I probably do have to compile a list for people. There's loads of hairdressers around that are actually comfortable with wigs. Um, so there's a great place, Chair, in town on sort of George's Key. I used to work around the corner from her and her name is Paula and she's she's mental and she's well used to working with wigs. And I could drop it into her and she'd wash it and blow dry it for me and I could pick it up then the next oh, that's day. that's handy, and, isn't it? Yeah, but of course then have with you COVID. Got, have you got another wig on standby then? Mm. Oh, I've got 40 wigs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Depends on my yeah. mood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... Do you know what? It's great because now I've loads. I swap them around so they... I get longer out of them. Yeah. I'm not wearing the one wig every single day. You know, I wear the same wig to work all the time because everyone knows, you know, obviously about my situation I'm very open about it but I don't want to shove it in people's faces mm. either and you know I'm, I'm in construction so there's there's a lot of men around and 
I don't want them to say, Jesus, you know, like yeah. often there I, I could wear something slightly different, maybe slightly blonder, nothing drastic. And, you know, I'm making a comment, oh, she get the hair done. And I'm like, do I go into the conversation now with him? And yeah. he would probably she absolutely did, yeah. die. <laughs> or do I just say, yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. we work in some situations, I'll wear the yeah. same one all the time. That's, I can definitely understand where you're coming from there because, you know, construction men, like, yeah. you might act all brave in their little group, whatever. Ah, the whistle, the wolf whistle and whatever. Yeah. But when they're on their own, then they're, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. like, my, there's, you know, but Jesus, trying yeah. to get into a conversation with like about something like that, we'd yeah. uh, I know. you know. But um, before we move on, um, do you know, since you started your Instagram page, you know, um, and you, you you talk about your own story and everything else, has there been many women contact you looking for advice? You know, because which you already have to go and through the experience mm-hmm. of it you know so much and you're able to pass so much information and mm-hmm. and where to go when they need certain wigs or, or, or good doctors that are around or what shampoos, you know. You know, all these yeah. things are very, very important. Yeah. You know? So it's funny because with, with social media, you have to keep it interesting. And I'm harping on about the same story all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I have to do these reels and these fun things and keep the activity going and keep the interest going. And I always say to my boyfriend, he's always like mocking me and he's like, hey guys, you know, pretending I'm a vlogger and all this. But I'm like, it's actually what happens behind my page. You know, I I have I've 5,000 and something followers, but it's nothing in comparison to the messages I get. Mm. It's really funny. Like what you see on my page, there's actually a whole other side to it. Yeah. So like on average, I could get maybe... Oh, I could get five messages a day or I could get 15 messages a day. Like That's a lot of messages. Mm. And it's a lot of messages to start to have a deep conversation with someone, a very important mm. conversation where you know every single thing you tell them is going to be gospel to them because I've been in that situation, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, But the messages flow. Like there's a serious amount of messages. And, you know, it could be anything from... I'm struggling with my relationship because I'm afraid my partner doesn't want to be with me to, I don't want to buy a wig. You know, it could be anything. And it's, it's lovely in a way where we're back and forth and back and forth. And I always say to people, will you please let me know how you get on or keep in touch? And they're probably like, oh yeah, but I genuinely mean it. And half of them will come back to me and say, Chloe, look, I bought this. You said buy this wig or Chloe, look, I use the shampoo. And it, the messages I get, they, it just makes the whole thing worth it. You know, I, I made this, these, I've made lovely friends. I made this one woman, she was going through chemotherapy. She's up in Dublin and this happens now all the time. And she was like, I've no idea what week to get and all this. And then I was like, right, where are you living? I saw where someone's living. You know, I'm in all these massive alopecia groups. So I'd say, right girls, there's a woman living in Dundalk. Can any of you recommend there's a woman living in Leash? You know, this sort of thing. Um, and I can bounce it off other people and come back with the right information. So I sent her on her path anyway to get this wig and she'd bought a second one actually, a synthetic one, just kind of a fashion one that I had actually put up on my page and she'd gone to that vendor then in the UK and she just bought it, a cheaper one and she loved it and she, she's sending me pictures now all the time and she's like in her wig and she said to me and I loved this about her is she was going for chemo every Friday and 
she said that she'd sit down while she's getting her chemotherapy because no one could go in with her through COVID and she'd buy a new outfit online and you know all this and the next thing she'd send me a picture of the Friday morning for chemo she'd be like wig ready she'd have her new outfit on she used to dress up for chemo and she'd come in and the nurses would be like oh you're fab and <laughs> but like people like that like she stays in contact with me she sends me loads of pictures and like she she didn't know where to begin you know and there's lots of people in that situation What's and then man? Anne. Say hi, hi Anne. Hi Anne, hi, Anne. Anne Wong. Sending you hi, lovely, <laughs> lovely healing energy and positivity yeah. from Cork. I just love that's that. That's like, listening to, that's so inspirational and so insight like, because some people can feel really isolated, you know, because of, of it's like the addict again, like, you yeah. know, not knowing that there's other people that are going through yeah. a similar situation than you until you actually walk into an AA or an NA meeting. What you're doing is like, or an A or yeah. A, you know, support. you're creating yeah. a, a, a little social group mm-hmm. where everybody that can contacts you that's going through similar to yourself mm-hmm. understands that, do you know what, this is okay. Yeah. I'm not the only person going through this, you know. Yeah. And, and Chloe is telling me this and, and Anne is telling me this yeah. one. And, and, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay yeah. because we live in a time, right, and this is very important where not just women and men, but it's getting younger as well. The age is getting younger that we have to look a certain way, you know. And if we don't look that certain way, we mightn't be accepted by society, yeah. our peers, our, our people that are in our social groups. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very important that we yeah. we have like people like you. That's what my whole mental health struggle was about, was that what's, you know, defined as beautiful in our society. You know, like nothing says beautiful like luscious thick long hair in the majority of cultures mm. you know mm. and Pocahontas yeah and, uh, you know and and for that to grow up I grew up I was born in 1993 so I grew up in this big huge beauty industry is booming to then lose my hair sure I I was like I'm horrendous I'm horrific looking like I look I, I'd never seen anyone with hair loss, I I thought I looked absolutely horrific, and it's all because of what was implanted in me mm. through you know beauty standards. Is there any models know? that have alopecia? There is, there is, there, there. As the page is growing and stuff, I, I'm finding all these people. But there is, there's um, there was a girl years ago on America's Next Top Model that I only know of now that I didn't know back then, um, Jenna Turner. There's there's a lot in America. I'm trying to think. But in that whole industry, they're trying mm. to make it more diverse, I think. Yes. Did I see Gucci recently? They have a model, she has Down syndrome. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah I is, see that. And see that, that which is yeah. fabulous because yeah. they should be represented yeah. too. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I've mm. seen, there's another very famous model, I don't know her name, but she has a pigmented skin. It's like, yes. yeah, yeah, she's black, she's but kind of white blotches. Yeah. She's very famous. So now. unique. Yeah. She's so famous. And now, she's stunning. She's so unique, but yeah. she is like, was like that, like, what, yeah. what, who, who gets to say what is beautiful? Exactly. And that is beautiful. And yeah. That little girl yeah. with Down syndrome is beautiful. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, even. Going back to what you were saying, even like, and this is both from men and women, the clothing models, mm-hmm. you know, they're not your skinny size sixes and eights anymore. They're yeah. women that are, they're, they're 
Don't yes. know, I'm not going to say very heavy, but they they have a bit, yeah. bit of meat in their bones. Yeah. It's more normal, <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. it's, it's it's not putting as much pressure on people mm. and women and on men and kids. Mm. You know, to look a certain way. Yeah. You know, because when we put a portrayal that you have to look a certain way, you know, we yeah. we we tend to forget that it's actually our own kids that are coming up. Mm-hmm. We're, we're doing the damage too. Yeah. You know, so. it, it is very damaging. It mm. is, you know, you're, you're bred into this psychological, you know, yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's, it's all, it's, it is all society. It's, and the worst thing is we're all to blame. You yeah. know, it's not, it's not all the, yeah. them out there to yeah. blame. It's us as a whole yeah. society, you know, yeah. but well, like, it's, it's the definition of beauty standards. Yeah. It is changing though. It is. Mm. I, I do think it is changing. Do you remember you know, when you were talking about your Instagram and um, the interactions that you'd have behind the scenes, I say, yeah. thinking about our own, do you know? Like, our Instagram um, is like a byproduct, really, do you know? Because yeah. we set up the YouTube channel first and foremost. Then it was Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's just a way to share share stuff. But it, the amount of messages can be very overwhelming at times. Our social media just became so busy um, that we had to close, that we had to... Myself and Timmy are working full time. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a PhD on the side. Timmy's starting up his own business. We tried to squeeze the podcast in, you know. Um, they, it's, it can be very overwhelming dealing with all the messages. Now, it's grand, it's grand to get the messages, don't get me wrong. So a lot of the stuff, though, would be, um, we're not a search engine, let's yeah. just say that. So I closed <laughs> the Facebook messages, I closed the Twitter um, Instagram is still opened, mm-hmm. and but we try channel through people through to the email because it takes effort to open up the email. Yes. And normally you're going to get the messages that are substantial. Mm-hmm. We have a marketing team of students that are helping us at the moment, and they ask for our login details for the social medias to check the analytics and all this stuff. You know, but I wouldn't give them the uh, password for the Instagram, not because I didn't trust them, mm-hmm. but ethically people share very, very personal stuff with us. Yes. And I'm sure you'll get the same. Yes. Their warts and all, like they'll yeah. bear their soul to me and Timmy because mm-hmm. they see me and Timmy doing it week in, week out and they feel that I there's know. no judgment there, which there isn't. Yeah. They're the messages that mean something to us and yeah. they're the messages that will always get a reply. Yeah. You know, and if you don't get a reply, it's not that um, we, we don't value your input. We do, yeah. and I'm sure you do. Yeah. But it can get overwhelming, can't it? Oh, it can. It can. It but can you, get... you feel a first connection, though, with the people that contact you as well, though. Yeah. You know I, like, I actually get... I kind of get a bit of a buzz off it because I get the excitement that I was the girl who would love to have messaged someone and even just get a reply to, yeah. You know, it yeah. didn't even have to be advice. But I was like, I can give them what I was craving so badly. I can give that person that and that gives me a buzz. Um, and I, I really don't mind it. No. I am constantly replying to messages, but I will always make sure I get back to all messages. Yeah. If you got a message and you didn't get a reply. I know. You have to <laughs> no, say I that do too. think I've gotten back to all messages. But sometimes, um, sometimes they come in so much that if you don't yeah. play there and then yeah. it will get lost. So yeah, a big, a yeah. big thing I have as well is, you know, I could have five girls called Jen write to me at the same time. And Jesus. I'm writing paragraphs and trying to get it all in. So they're, they're, you know, they're taking their time and writing a paragraph back, you know, because a lot of the time it could start off like, I'm losing my hair. Can you suggest something? And sure, I go in straight away with them with a list of questions. Right. 
how much hair are you losing? You know, what are you doing about it? Have you tried this? Da, 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 da. You know, I, I start straight away. So it tends then by the time they get back to me, I don't know which gen it is. So I actually have to go back to the start and read the essay of messages to be able to reply. And then I'd say, oh, you told me that you had, da, da, da. you know what I mean? So I'm almost doubling and tripling up my well, work. I tell you, you know? what, I tell you what we did now, because we run into the same, yeah. same issues. You know, a lot of the questions are the same questions, you yeah. know, what kind of books you're reading, what meditations do Timmy use, what courses did James do, the, the, yeah. this type of stuff, you know. We have, um, we updated, like, we didn't update the website, but we're getting the website updated at the moment. Mm-hmm. But we did an FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions. Ah, yeah. And it's like, in the first instance, refer to this. And if this doesn't answer the question, yes. then come to us, you know. <laughs> so I think that, th- I think that might be helpful for you, you know. Yeah. It might yeah. answer a lot of the queries. Yeah. And then yeah. you might get the, the proper good questions then after that. Yeah, exactly. So, but look, if you're happy to answer uh, messages, I you know, know, we might give you a bit of a gig there on the Donaries yeah. admin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's serious. I know. <laughs> it takes me, it takes me for uh, probably forty-five minutes to reply to an email <laughs> because with, with with me being dyslexic, I'm constantly rev- going over the, mm-hmm. the the sentence, and I might change the sentence four times. That's one sentence, yeah. and that's the truth. Yeah. Because my structure, how I structure stuff, it, it can be so different. Mm-hmm. The first time, the second, the third time, and then I have to say it. To so- Say it to myself out loud, and then, Jesus fuckers, and then I'll probably change it again. (laughs) Do you know what we need? That's the the truth. We need an admin. Mm. We actually need an admin. (laughs) Somebody that will, somebody that you trust as well. Yeah. Because people, when they're emailing me and Timmy, they're not emailing an admin. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And they they might divulge anything if it wasn't for me and Timmy. So that's why we're slow. People have offered to help, like, but. Very slow to let people see other people's it's messages. It's a hard one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. And a lot of the messages, they're like, as James said earlier, a lot of people are really opening up to you and, and that. And when I connect, the, generally, when I look at the email and James does the other stuff. And, you know, and when I see the emails and, you know, and we're doing a, a bit of an empathy at the moment for a book, myself and James, for, for someone else. And... When I have the same experiences uh, of them, and uh, I've empty, I could be fucking there on the email for an hour. Yeah, literally, like I could be there trying to to to, to get the right words into my head so I can get them down on this bit of paper, and you know, it it it'd be it's like a very it's it's the most important thing in that moment for yeah. me is to make sure that I'm giving this person the best information that I could possibly give them. And that they might understand in my kind of vocabulary as well, you know. So yeah. it's, it's, you, you try to help everybody you, mm-hmm. as you do. You, it's very you really personal, do. like, isn't yeah. it? It becomes very personal to you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is a major thing. If people mm-hmm. want to contact you, how can they do it? Instagram. What's Chloe's hair handy? affair. Say that again. Chloe's hair affair. Great name, actually. <laughs> my so friend came up with that. <laughs> so, so that's Chloe and then hair affair. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, on Instagram. And that's kind of mm-hmm. the main portal. I mean, if, if I've often given out my number to people who really, really need it. But, you know, Instagram That's the first is, portal call anyway, yeah, is the always Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. And if people yeah. aren't on Instagram, 
they can contact us and we can link you in yeah, with them. Exactly. Sure I set up I set up a Facebook page in conjunction with the Instagram for people to let them know, you know, that mm. you don't have to be on Instagram. But I rarely check it and it only posts, it mirror posts what's on my Instagram. Now I do check it and yeah. nothing really comes into it anyway because I have clearly marked, you know, to get... And I'd often actually get... Um, you know, hi, my mom's losing her hair. She said to contact you on Instagram, you know, so there's, and like, I do think a big, huge thing with me is word of mouth. You know, my mom, you know, anyone would have no problem saying, oh, my daughter's using her hair. And, and someone might say, God, my friend's daughter's using her hair or his, her son or, yeah. you know, and that's a big way as well to get people to connect to me. So that's that's another big thing. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having I, me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Thank you uh, very much, Chloe. It was a uh, very interesting, thought-provoking and something that we don't hear about all that often. Yes. So thanks for coming on. Uh, continued um, success in your Instagram thanks and so your much. professional and personal life. And um, we stay in touch. Of course. Mm. So uh, thank you. Thanks, Timmy. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Thanks. Robin. And we see you all next week. Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike, preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast, The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture, and emotional abuse leveled against Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Learn about the family's path to stardom, the depravity investigators uncovered inside the home, and hear in-depth analysis of the ongoing criminal trial. Listen to the rise and fall of Ruby Frankie exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.